Hey, this is Gerd Tundle, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Inner Light Project. Now today is a special episode. I'm actually sharing my own journey of how I surrendered and really trusted from within. Now the theme of this month is all about surrendering. So the last two people we've had on the episode have been sharing their stories and how they're surrendering. This week I'll be sharing and next week we have one more episode where a beautiful lady called Radha will be sharing her journey of surrendering and actually going through a very difficult time in America when she had to learn to the learn the power of surrendering. Now, the theme what I'm trying to do this year is just really shift the energy. I really felt a shift in the podcast. And so this month and for the next several months is I will be sharing my story once a month, one episode per month. So today is such a powerful day anyway, because tomorrow is the first full moon of 2024. It's in Leo, which is a very powerful energy. It's all about stepping into your own light, trusting in yourself and just embracing who you really are. Now, I thought, gosh, like the energy has been a bit like intense this week. I know a lot of people have had headaches that felt tired or they felt fatigued. I met somebody earlier in the lift who was like there's some juju energy today and I was like oh it's just the full moon it's we're cleansing and I personally had some headaches this week as well and I went for a walk and as I went for a walk I looked at the moon and I just allowed it to nourish me and replenish me and release anything and I just said things to the moon like I forgive myself for putting myself through this I forgive myself for for feeling this way I forgive myself for so and so and what happened And then I really just brought in this gratitude of what I would love to create now. Like I'm so grateful and thankful now. And then I stated that. Now that is the power of the full moon. The full moon is all about surrendering. So every month, if you're not aware about what the moon, the moon, moonology, we call it, is all about, it's all about different stages of the moon and how it affects us. So at the beginning of this year, we had the new moon. So it's all about uh, sharing your dreams, your goals, what you want to do for this month. Then the following week is all about gratitude and how you can be so grateful for the things that you have. Then it's the full moon and then it's all about releasing and letting go. And then the last week is all about releasing the little bit of things that we're holding on to to really surrender and trust in the unknown. So as I mentioned, this month is all about surrender. So gosh, I don't even know where to start with my journey. (laughs) But my journey started from a young age, to be honest. I had a lot of health conditions I had an eating disorder, I had depression, I had anxiety. I really wasn't loving myself and I didn't know about the power of self-love because when I was growing up, it was all about the 80s, the shoulder pads era, you toughened up as a woman, you didn't show your emotions, you just suppressed it. And I grew up in a culture which is of South Asian descent and we do not talk about our problems. So I grew up in an environment where we just smiled and everything was perfect and to every auntie and uncle out there, our family is amazing, but inside I was a hot mess. And people used to come to me with all their problems It was so strange, like looking back, like why was an elderly person coming to a 10 year old and just venting at her? Like, it's really strange when I think about it. But wherever I went, people would tell me their problems. My friends would tell me their problems. But I never shared my own problems because I was taught that it's weak and also that 
sharing your problems then gives people leverage. So I grew up like, I can't share my feelings. I can't share what's going on with me because they'll try and use it against me. And that was the theme and narrative of my life until the, my mid-20s. And so I went around listening to other people's problems and like people would then say, if I never shared, like, you're full of yourself, you're on a high pedestal. And I'm just like, what? It's just that I didn't know how to share because I'd never experienced it. So a lot of my life, yeah, like I said, I had health problems. And then as I was getting older, I was getting into my teenage years, I still felt like I had an identity crisis. So I, I grew up in the UK and I'm Indian, but also I'm British. And so I had a lost identity crisis because I grew up in schools that were majority white and I only went to the temple. And that's where I kind of, I got to meet brown people. And so it was a very confusing environment and I'd moved around. We'd moved from a different city to another city at one point and came back. So I always felt out of place and I didn't know what home felt like and I didn't even feel like home in my own parents house which is kind of strange for a six-year-old to actually be thinking that but there was something out there that was saying there's something more for you out there girls there's something more for you to create and be and do but I didn't know what that was obviously at that time so as I get to I'm like 19 years old I am in a relationship with somebody he's the love of my life at the time we plan on getting married at 21 he was a year older than me. Unfortunately, he passed away and had a car accident. And so my whole narrative of my life changed. Now, I went from being this loving, kind, caring person to now I can't hug somebody because they might pass away. I can't do this because this might might happen to them. So I had this fear, like I couldn't even hug my own mother properly because I was afraid that something would happen to her. It's so silly when I think about it now, but trauma does affect us in different ways and we really need to understand why we feel the way we feel or why we behave the way we do. Because when we do, then we take the power back and we allow ourselves to be in that love, peaceful, surrendering situation. So that starts at 19. I then don't know how to deal with it. I start drinking. I start doing things like just to get out of my head. I then throw myself into my work and my studies. I'm studying a, career, a, a degree in journalism at the time. I'm also working in the pharmacy. Yes, it's very strange, but I had very, I always was interested in lots of different things. And so I'm just like doing placements on top. I'm doing everything to keep busy so I don't have to face it. And then at 20, just turning 20 years old, I do a placement in a different city where I've got a few friends studying at that university and I'm living alone for the first time ever and I'm faced with all my trauma. I have nowhere to hide. I have no one to talk to. I don't know how to explain how I'm feeling and I'm sitting there in this pain and the only thing I can do at that point is drink. And so then I go out with my friends and I drink and I just dance on tables and being free and being silly, but it's an escapism from the pain that I'm feeling and then I'd go back to the flat and I'd feel lonely again and that was the first time I felt a deeper pain because I had nobody to talk to about it and I didn't know how to talk about it because I didn't even understand it at that point so that was like an early stage of me starting to understand my trauma but not fully getting it and then I ended up moving to London to study a master's but before that I ended up having a car accident in my final year so you know it's it's crazy when I look back at my own journey but I had a car accident at 21, but me being me back then, I'm fine, everything's okay, I don't need to go to the hospital, I don't need to see a doctor. Three months later, I can't tell you how, what, how many hours of sleep I had, what I had for breakfast, the time, like I would sit in the university library till late and I just didn't even know what was wrong with me. Obviously, I had had stress, I had probably a small case of PTSD, didn't even realise at that point, but also I had short-term memory loss. 
because I hit my head on the dashboard. So my mum starts to worry when I tell her everything because I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. I've kept it in. I go to the doctor. Don't say that I had a car accident. Now, this doctor reads 10 questions of a computer and says, you are depressed. You can A, take antidepressant tablets or B, you can speak to a therapist. And I'm looking at him like, what? And I obviously work in a pharmacy at this time. I was like, I'm not depressed. So I, I hold the prescription and I go, okay. And then he says, a therapist. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with him? Like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. So I walk out of the, the GP surgery and I rip up the prescription. I'm like, hell no. And then I tell my mum what happens. And then she tells me, go back and speak to another doctor and see what they say. And I'm so grateful that my mum told me this because I went back and, I, and I, this time it was a lady doctor. And I said, okay, I had a car accident. This is what's happened. And I'm not being feeling good. And, and I don't know what to do. And she says, you just need time in nature. And I'm looking at her like, what? She goes, take three months off university, connect with yourself, get back into a routine and you'll feel fine. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't have time. I'm, I'm in my final year. I have a dissertation. She's like, no, but you need time off. So I agree to it. I hand in my notice and then I take three months off. And then after that, I do all my exams. I do my essays and my coursework, whatever I needed done, my dissertation and I hand it in. And I kid you not, that was the best advice I ever got. I, I went to bed early. I, I kind of sorted myself out. I ate on time, everything. And I came back to myself. Now, had I listened to the other doctor, my gosh, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast right with you now. And this is a problem when we allow others to dictate our well-being. Because secretly inside, I knew that something wasn't right with me and I needed time off. But I, I needed someone to just remind me that I needed that off and that it was okay because I was very harsh on myself growing up that I needed to succeed and be successful. And so the first time I felt heard and seen, and, and, and I'm so grateful for that doctor for giving me that guidance at 21 years old that I needed. So then after that, I moved straight into London and I start a master's. Everything's going amazingly well. I'm meeting amazing people. I've got amazing flatmates. And then I end up in a relationship that wasn't really serving me, but it was just there. But obviously I didn't understand that it was my trauma playing out again from my previous partner because of him passing away. So I'm in this relationship with this person. It's all happened so quickly. It's like a whirlwind. It feels like, whoa, we know each other. And, you know, and things don't work out. And I grieve again. And I grieve so painfully. I'm getting angry and upset. And it's the first time I'm starting to feel my emotions. And I'm like, I'm, I'm abandoned again. So I had this abandonment issue. And it just feels so painful. Again, I'm, 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 dealt, I'm left to deal with my emotions and I don't know what to do with it. And it's overwhelming. So I'm running around, making sure everybody else is okay, doing my deadlines, working on the weekend, doing everything to ignore the pain. But the pain keeps seeping in. And again, I'm just getting hurt and hurt and hurt. But again, I don't know what to do. So alcohol is my friend at that point. So I numb my emotions. I go out and I just escape from reality. And then me being me was like, right, I need to succeed. So the next stage is I need to go to Canada. I need to do a paid internship in Canada. I need to work for a news channel. I end up getting an internship. <laughs> I get it literally the next day before I hand in my dissertation. I literally fly out and forget what city I'm in when I wake up. But that again, that was girls. That was my way of dealing with things. I didn't know how to surrender. Because again, a lot of us are not being taught how to surrender with our pain. You know, once we feel, deal and heal it, we are 
we take our power back we are free you know you're meant to feel your emotions we are all emotional beings like if god universe higher power whatever you want to call it didn't give you those emotions then we wouldn't have them so there's nothing weak about it we were given them we were born with these emotions and as women we have this gift to feel our emotions but society because it's very patriarchal and it's male's world that we've grown up in deems that as bad now it's not our fault that they can't maybe feel their emotions on the level that they need to feel but when you don't feel your emotions it stores in the body and when you keep holding on to that resentment and anger and that pain and that frustration or whatever's happened it then manifests in the body and it manifests as a disease so you could probably have more headaches aches and pains it could have a, a health condition that is what happens when we do not release the pain of our story and the trauma that we've grown up with you know and i mentioned this in another episode and i think it was yeah it was with radhika that you know it doesn't matter if you had the most amazing upbringing the most amazing parents you, you know you had everything we all have some level of trauma small or big we all have some level and so it's so important to feel what you're feeling and let it go you know tomorrow is about the power of letting it go it's the full moon it's in leo it's it's like roaring let that shit go just let it go i honor you to just do that because when you do you will set your life free and this is what i'm about to share so you know i go to canada i ignore my pain and again listen to everybody else not dealing with my emotions taking on more than i can take on board traveling four hours a day because i didn't pay attention as a naive 22 year old how far the station was right and then yeah everything hits me and i collapse in my aunt's house and my left arm stops working and again i'm faced to deal with my trauma but then i'm dealing with other people's shit on top of it and so my arm is not moving i have to go to hospital they can't figure out what's wrong with me I end up having to take time out. I fly back to the UK. And luckily, and thank God for my dad. My dad actually had an um, my dad actually had an accident when I was younger, at a very young age, and he has three metal plates in his left arm. And he showed me the tools that he used to regenerate his arm. So I followed his protocols and and the movements and stuff. And within about, I think it was like three months, my arm started moving. And, and to this day, I do still have like clicks in my arm and it feels sometimes a bit strange. I can't twist it fully, but at least it's moving. You know, this is the arm. I'm left-handed, by the way. So it was very painful when I was going through it. And then I was back at my parents' house and suddenly again, the trauma hits me. And I'm like, I can't deal with this, these ex-boyfriends and, you know, everything is just spiraling. So then I throw myself back into my work. <laughs> the theme here is it's, I was just throwing myself into my work because I didn't want to know how to handle it and face it. And so I'm I'm like traveling up and down the country, working in the journalism industry, doing lots of placements, doing freelancing work, doing everything I can to get myself back. And then I get myself back and then I decide to take another role on top of everything I'm doing and become a financial publisher. So by now I'm probably like 24 years old and then I'm doing like paid paid work at, at some of the biggest channels in the country and <laughs> again I'm like just working so hard to the bone and then going out and, and numbing my pain and then the first time I have a friend that I'm sharing some of parts of my story and I, and I, and I cry hysterically and she's sharing as well and we're both vulnerable and it's the first time but I feel scared as well because I've never been seen that much. And so we would have our own little crazy journeys and sing and dance whilst we're in the car, just being free. 
but I still wasn't fully free. Now, as I'm hitting before my 25th birthday, I get made redundant. And it was just quite funny, actually, because I look back, I actually wasn't happy in that job and I planned on leaving in the next few months. And so I was like exiting anyway. And so my boss is like, don't tell anybody you're leaving. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then I shook his hand and I said, it's the best decision you've ever made. And he looks at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's the best decision you've ever made. Because when I was in that office, I collapsed in that office and I wasn't breathing at one point and somebody, bless them, gave me one of my um, inhalers. They shouldn't have obviously done that at the time, but I really couldn't, I was obviously having a panic attack and I didn't understand. And the ambulance came to take me and nobody in the office came with me. And I'm like, wow, because they're too busy with work. Now, some of these people were like always coming to me with their problems. And so that was a really painful situation for me. Like I'm the type of person that's a giver and I always struggle to receive. And at that point I needed the support and I didn't get it. And I remember feeling really hurt that day. And I ended up walking after I'd had all the tests on at the hospital. I decided to walk instead of take a taxi home. And I thought about my life and I was like, what's happened to you? You happy? You were a happy, carefree person, girls. Like, who have you become? This person that's serious and in pain and, and, and not happy and... I was reflecting and and that's when I decided, right, yeah, I'm going to leave this job in the next few months and I'm going to go back in fully into my journalism career and just stick with that, even though I was doing it on the side anyway. Um, It was was a time when it was the whole financial crisis in in 2012, 2011, 2012. And so, yeah, I then later get made redundant. So I shake my boss's hand and then say, thank you, it's the best thing I ever did. I went home and I literally slid across the flat floor and I was like woohoo I was jumping on my bed I just felt so free for the first time like I was taking back my power of my life and I remember my flatmates coming in what's happened what's happened I'm like oh I've just been made redundant like oh no I'm so sorry what are you gonna do next and I was like I don't know but I'm not going home yet they're like what how are you gonna survive I was like I will find a way and that led me on this journey of just trying to find myself and then literally a few weeks before my 25th birthday I get a cancer scare and that was the biggest journey of surrendering in my whole entire life I kid you not so I'm not feeling good I have some weird pains like cervical pains down below I have some tests done they're saying that we, it might be cancer I then freak out thinking I'm gonna die like you know just imagine a 25 year old like their life they're like oh no everything's over and I'm like going out drinking like oh my life is over I may as well just enjoy it myself And then I go back to get my results and I'm sat there in the waiting room and there's nobody in the waiting room apart from me. And I'm sat there like, what have I done to deserve this? In my mind. And I hear the words, you created this. And I'm like, what? And I look around the room and there is nobody. I'm like, okay, so am I going crazy now? Like, this is weird. Like, what the hell is going on? So I'm like, no, 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 no. I just ignore it. I go in, get my results. They misdiagnose me. I come out and I, cr- I just burst into tears. I run out of the hospital. I call a friend. She starts crying on the phone. I start crying. And then I hear the words, it's time to heal. And that was the turning point of my life. At 25 years old, I'm now 36. I surrendered. And I just never looked back. I just was like, I need to surrender. I need to trust this process. I need to allow myself to be and heal. And I went home, I spoke to a friend in in Canada, 
who at the time I thought was somebody I could trust. And I literally shared my story, but I felt vulnerable. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I should have shared my story. Like, she might use it against me because that's what I was raised with, right? And the thing, what people don't understand is nobody has power over your story unless you think they have power. You know, if you're detached from your story, it doesn't really matter. Who cares if people talk about it? You know, if you don't care, then it's fine. Like, I really don't care about my story. Like, I'm so detached now than I've ever been before in my life. And that is why I I find it so easy to share because I'm like, it could help somebody. It doesn't matter. Like, I drank, so what if my community cares? I don't care. Like, I'm 11 years sober now, right? So I just don't really care about a lot of things like that, you know. But some people do. Some people care about what people think. And so going back to that time, like I was saying, like, I went on my journey, I spoke to a friend, and then I looked in the mirror and I was like, it's time to heal. And I wrote 30 pages of my life in... I don't know how I did it in seven hours like the sun was out the birds were tweeting and I looked in the mirror and I said I love myself and I literally wept I can't even remember the time I'd wept that much in my life but I wept and I wept and I wept and I looked at myself and I knew something was about to change and I needed to honor it and everyone around me was like what are you gonna do what, what's your next stage and you know asking all these questions like I don't know I'll figure it out and they're looking at me like I'm crazy you know, because people didn't, you know, back then people didn't understand the power of surrender. Like I think now surrender has come in a lot more, but I was just like, I don't know. I just need to trust the process. And it led me on to do some amazing things. Like I had a redundancy payout, but eventually I needed to, you know, pay my rent and things like that. And then I went back to a, a job that I, w- that I did in the pharmacy when I was younger. I did that on the weekends. I then worked with young people. I produced documentaries. I did so many different things. I had a radio show, then I I decided I wanted a podcast and I just surrendered to it. And everyone thought I was crazy. Like this girl was supposed to be a journalist. She is a journalist. What is she doing? My family are worried. They're thinking something's wrong with me. Everyone's like, who have you become? I'm no longer drinking. And then quitting meats. I haven't had meat in 10 years now. And they're just like, who is she? Like who's she become? Like I really shifted and transformed and I let go of relationships and people that hurt me. And, you know, I allow them to hurt me as well. Cause you know, it's never one-sided. We allow other people to disrespect us. We allow others to hurt us, but it's, it's seeing that lens that actually we can't blame everyone for everything. We have to take accountability for our role in that part. And so, yeah, I really went on this journey. I called up people that had you know were upset with and I let it go and I, and I cried my eyes out and you know some people are still in my life and some are not but that's okay I said what I needed to say you know it was the first time I actually spoke my truth and as women there's so many women who don't know how to speak their truth and that is deeply rooted and I don't want you to feel guilty about that because you know I, I look at some people's relationships that I know or I've met on my journey and they're like talking to their wife down to them yet they've had amazing careers and they're like why can't you make a decision quickly? Why can't you do this? And I'm like, like, whoa, because you're overpowering her. But number two, maybe generational didn't know how to speak their truth in a relationship. Because if you look at history, women back in the olden times, you know, not your grandma, not your great grandma, your great, great grandma, they didn't have a right to vote. They didn't even have a right to have their own house. They may have had money from their parents and, you know, been wealthy, but the wealth went to the husband, right? They didn't own shit didn't have an education so there's deep pain and then at one point women who had intuition and trusted themselves were classed as witches and then they were being burnt at the stake so women went quiet and didn't speak the truth about when they could feel things and then you've got the whole 80s where there's women who have had 
deep pain within themselves, not speaking their truth. And yet they feel these emotions, but then they get prescribed antidepressants instead of saying that's your intuition or maybe you need to heal or maybe you need to meditate, right? So women have been disrespected and and, abused, I'm going to say it, have been abused for generations long before us, centuries before us. And therefore, that is why some women, when they're in a relationship or them, you know, by themselves, find it hard to surrender, find it hard to speak their truth because they've been a people pleaser. It's generational. Like I mentioned earlier, like my culture was people pleasing. It was sacrificing. You're a good Indian girl. You smile. You you, you follow what auntie and uncle say, right? Fucking hell. Like, give us a break. Like, but this is why some women haven't been able to speak up. Now, I didn't even know how to speak up. I had to learn how to heal, to forgive myself, to forgive others, to speak my truth, even when my voice was like quivering for the first time when I'm telling somebody no and I'm feeling disrespected. You know, the the more you do it, the easier it gets. Then I had to learn about boundaries. Then I had to learn about energy and, and understanding why I was happy in some energies and being around some energies and tired around some others. You know, it's a journey. So I want you to honor where you're at right now. If you're ready to heal and you're ready for that, just honor it. And if you want support and guidance, come to me. Visit my website, www.girdshundle.com. I have two programs. I have a VIP day where we pull out ancestral, cultural, society, familial trauma. And we let all that shit go. All the layers that are holding you back from really trusting your intuition. Or if you need more support and guidance, I have a four-month program called the Infinite Trust Method. And it's so powerful. We heal all the past. We do all the VIP day. We then create self-love. We hold boundaries. You trust your intuition. You balance your masculine and feminine energy. You hear your inner child. And the reason why a lot of your pain is stuck is because that inner child is not being heard. She's not been allowed to, to surrender her pain because she's had to hold it within. And when she's free, my God, she's just alive. She's energetic. She's happy. She doesn't care. And that's what happened to me in 2013. When I was working with young people, I just, my inner child just came out. She was free. She didn't care what people thought. She dressed the way she wanted. She'd walk into these like financial districts with like hats on her head you know, just didn't care about the way she was dressed. She wasn't about conforming. She was about being her true authentic self. Now, that's just part of my story. But the reason I share that, you know, I'm now, it's now 2024, but there have been other things that have happened since 2012. You know, I've done, gosh, more than eight years of inner work on myself. You know, I've been doing this for 11 years. But also, I've had hurdles along the way. Like I had health conditions, more other health conditions along the way. But because I healed all this emotional trauma that was holding me back, I was able to to deal with it better than I would have done had I not done that work. Now, I actually had a kidney problem. I was born with it. I didn't find out till I was 30 years old. I then had a sur- I then had surgery and then I ended up having kidney disease on the back of it. So I was bedbound for a few years. So I would be up and down and I had to honor my emotions. I had to surrender again. And I had to really trust the process. What am I being taught here? What is the learning curve here? What, like, is this how my future is going to be? And if it's so, I need to learn how to surrender to that. And, you know, thank God for God, universe, high power. I found a way and I reversed it in seven months. But I also had fibromyalgia. And so again, thank God again, I've healed it and I'm so grateful. But again, it was finding a way and I was surrendering in how to find the way. And, you know, now in my being 36 and 30 I'll be 37 at the end of the year like yes I've been through hell and back yes I've been through pain yes I've gone through a lot 
but I'm so grateful for all of it because it's taught me the importance of life and, and, and the importance of letting shit go, just like the full moon. Let that fucking shit go because when you let shit go, you you feel free, you're happy, you're joyful, you get to be in the present moment. You know, all that resentment that you hold on to, it serves nothing. Think about that auntie who's really pissed off with that uncle and every time she sees him, she's like, and she gets angrier and angrier. But what happens to that uncle? That uncle's just living his best life. <laughs> he doesn't care. And the auntie just builds up that resentment and then that resentment turns into something else. It can turn up into a headache, ache, pain. It can help in, in turn up in a health condition. Now, I know if my kidney problem was that I was born with a defect, like I said, I didn't know until I was 30 years old. Don't know how it managed to survive, just like the doctor said it was a miracle. However, there was fear that came through generational. My mum worked in the kidney renal unit. She was a nurse. And so there must have been some fears that she picked up while she had me and worked as a nurse, you know, and that's not to blame my mum because that was my journey and that was her journey. But the key is to like, try to understand where these things come from. Now, I know some people have questioned me in the past and be like, that's too much deep thinking. No, but everything is linked, right? And when I understood that my mum worked with, you know, dialysis, dialysis patients who are at the end of their journey, do you imagine the fear and the sadness and the grief they must have had? And my mum's a mum's a very highly intuitive person, so she must have been picking up all that pain and supporting and nourishing them, yet got stored in the body. And I picked it up. And then I grew up this whole pain and fear, and I grew up with so much fear. Like I look back and think, God, what the hell was I thinking in my twenties? And so I was able to heal that. I have I don't have fear. And if a little bit of fear comes up, I just go, fuck it. What's the worst that could happen? And I take my power back. So my point is, you can take your power back at any age. It doesn't mean because I did it in my 20s that you can't do it. I have clients that are in their 60s, clients that are in their 40s, you name it. And they've all been ready to heal. And so when you're ready to heal, it doesn't matter what age you are, because that was your journey and it was meant to be that way. It was all aligned that way. But my point is, you don't need to stay stuck in that story, stuck of this person hurt me, stuck, this relationship hurt me, stuck because somebody did this to me and stuck because someone did that to me. I left a long-term relationship and I could have sat there and been like, he's this, he's that. And, you know, I felt the emotions, don't get me wrong. I was angry and I was upset, but I felt it. And then I let it go. And it didn't take me long to get over it. And the reason was because I surrendered to the emotion. I honoured my emotion. I accepted it. I wasn't hard to myself. I paid attention to why I was feeling what I was feeling. I realised it. I, I vented and I let it go. And then I took my power back because I was like, how much more power am I going to give to this? You know, we only give people power how much we want to give to them. Again, the whole thing about the story thing, even if you share your story, nobody has power over it unless you think they have power over it. If, they, if you think they have leverage over it. I couldn't care less if someone went and told somebody that this happened to me. I'm like, cool, thank you. Maybe that'll inspire somebody. Maybe that will help somebody. You know, there is so much courage in just sharing who you are and being who you are. You deserve to be heard, my love. You deserve to be seen. You deserve to be held the way you've always wanted to be. You deserve to be respected. You deserve to be loved. And if you're not feeling those things in this moment, it's time to honor and surrender your emotions. Feel what you need to feel and let that shit go. Now, if you're struggling and you don't know what to do, I do have a freebie on my website and it's how to discover the number one block that's holding you back. You can fill that out and there is also a recording, a voice recording that you can follow through and just see what comes up for you. What is it that's holding you back? Ancestral, cultural, society, familial, that is really holding you back from really taking your power back. 
And as I said, if it feels like a call for you, direct message me and let's have a chat. Because when we are supported, we become so powerful. Like I did eight years of work by myself and I regret doing that because that was torture. Yes, it's it's helped me to build an amazing program which I help women heal so quickly, four months on also a five hour session. But my God, it was painful. It was awful. I would never do it again. Like now if I ever need support, I go and get support. Because why? We're human. We need community. We're here to help and support one another. We're not here to suffer alone. We're here to be guided and loved and held and nurtured. Now, unfortunately, that's the end of the show. I could carry on talking forever. But I really want to share a quote that I actually wrote in my book, Ajuko, many years ago. And it was just something that I just felt is perfect for tonight. We are sent to this world to make it a better place. But somewhere down the line, we lose all integrity and follow what others say or think. Be that person who dares to say no and dares to be yourself. Be that person you're supposed to be, not what others expect you to be. You are perfect. And that is what you are. You are perfect, my love. Now, I want you to just, when you're ready, take a moment and write down anything that's holding you back. I want you to write, how am I feeling at the top of the piece of paper? And write down what you're feeling. And then what do I need to let go? And write down a list, whatever it is. And when you're ready, I want you to burn that list or I want you to rip that piece of paper up and I want you to let it go. And I want you to honour who you are in this moment. And then I want you to write down what you would like to bring in. It could, If you want a successful relationship, you write successful relationship. If you want more money in your life, if you want more abundance, whatever it is, you want more joy, you write it down and just enjoy it. So one of the things I did when I was on my journey back in 2012, I think it was, yeah, the beginning of 2013, I wrote, I think it was about 50 things I wrote that I wanted to do for 2013. And it was everything, like, it was like Le Dan's Noir, which is one of the restaurants in London. It was to climb over the O2, which is a building here in the UK. There was many things. And I literally circled probably more than 30 of them off. And that was the most joyful year of my life because I just went in the unknown and did things that I never would have dared to do had I not written that list. So I want you to write a list of things that you want to do and then just put it up somewhere which you can see on a daily basis and then tick it off. Like it could be two things a month that you do, but just make sure you do some of them. And I honestly believe the more you do it, you will be happier, you'll be healthier and you'll be free. Anyways, take care my sisters and I will see you in the next episode. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.